Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Well, a week from tomorrow's Thanksgiving. This group gets more excited about food than anything. But uh, I want to preach about being thankful tonight. Uh, I found this article that I think is really important for our lives. You know, I, I read one time in an orchestra, the most important instrument is the second violin. It plays something that nobody else plays, and when they're not playing, there's something missing. No matter how good the rest of the orchestra is, they need that instrument desperately. And so by thinking about that, I'm thinking about our lives in revelation to God or relationship with God and how important it is that you and I have a right attitude. Has anybody ever said to you, you got a bad attitude? Well, they was thinking about it anyway. They didn't say it. So I found something on attitude. I want to share it with you tonight because when I was reading it, it really spoke to me in my life. It says, the longer I have lived, the more I realize the impact of my attitude on my life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, more important than education or money or my circumstances. It's more important than my failures and even my success than what other people think about me or say to do, my attitude's still more important. It's more important than what I look like, the gifts in my life, the skills I might have. It will make and break a company and a church and a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding our attitude and what will we embrace for that one day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in certain ways around us. We cannot change what's already destined. The only thing that we can do is play on that one string we have, and that's the attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to us, but 90% is how I react to it. And so it is with me we can change our attitudes. You know, we live in America and we have everything. My wife and I went to today to the Black Bear to eat. When I got my check and realized what I was spending, I looked at my wife and I said, when Wycliffe was our worker in Africa, he worked 12 hours a day and lived on our property as well. And we just spent on our food today more than he makes in a month. Now, I understand that circumstances, I'm not saying you shouldn't go eat. I'm not saying you can't spend money. But so often we take everything for granted. I've shared before, Wycliffe was standing in the window or outside the window of the kitchen and my wife had bought some apples, and she reminded me of this today. She said, Wycliffe was watching me, and I said, would you like one? And Wycliffe said, what is it? Now, he's 24 years old, and he didn't know what an apple was. And Joni said, it's delicious. So she handed it through the window, 
And Wycliffe started eating, and he ate the stem, the seeds, and everything. And he looked at my wife and said, this is delicious. I have never tasted anything like it. In America, we throw our, part of our apples in the trash or on the ground. Because we take for granted what we have, don't we? If an African in Kenya, where I ministered in the slum area of Kibera, had a car, he couldn't use it because he can't afford the gasoline. Because one gallon of gas, when I was there, uh, we figured it out again today, was right at $5 a gallon. And $5 is a lot of money when you only make 30 to $35 a month. But we take it for granted. We pass the stations and we see, what's the price today? And even when it was $4, and some of you came from California where it's a, a gold mine takes to buy gasoline, we take it for granted. Because we in America are blessed people. How many know that? And because of our blessing, you and I just, it's so easy to get used to being blessed that sometimes maybe we're not as thankful to God as we need to be. Well, maybe I'm not, if you're not. But we're living at a time where we talk about thanksgiving. And when you say that word thanksgiving, the first thing that comes to your mind is food. Will it be turkey or ham or both? Or maybe even a pot roast to go along with those, just in case I want to change. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's so easy to take life for granted. And the Bible said all good and perfect gifts come from God. And our lives are blessed because of God. In the Word of God, it says in the book of Ephesians, giving thanks always for all things unto God. And so when you and I have things and we're blessed, it's because God is helping us. You know, most of us pass maybe the hospital every day. And the only time it bothers us is if we have to be in there. Our family member is in there. Then all of a sudden our whole life is consumed with that hospital that's going to help you or help our loved one with what they're going through. But I was thinking on the way here tonight, I pass it all the time, and you know there's people hurting in there and people have nothing in there, and yet I am so blessed that sometimes instead of just thanking God that I'm well and that God's with me, all of a sudden we forget about all the days we're well. Not about the sickness, not about our problems. Has anybody ever had a toothache? If you did, raise your hand. You don't appreciate your teeth until you have a toothache. And the moment you have a toothache, even if you have to have that tooth pulled or go to the dentist get it filled, the moment the pain left, you appreciate you don't have the pain, but in a day or two you forget all about it. And so that's how we live. We just live in the moment. And yet how many knows God's in the moment of our lives? It's he that keeps us well. It's he that blesses us. It's he that makes a way when there's no way. 
And so tonight we need to think about what Thanksgiving's all about. When I was 38 years old, I got a phone call. And a pastor said, would you like to go to the Philippines? Well, I hadn't been out of the Midwest. I've told you many times, I didn't know what a Mexican looked like. Because where I lived, everybody was just plain old white people. And so when I come out west, I learned there was other people besides us white folks. What a bum life it was around all white people all the time. And so I learned that different cultures and different people, they're a blessing and they can be a blessing to my life. And so I remember going to the Philippines. I get off that plane and all of a sudden I'm riding in this little bitty old cart they put you in that's not made for Americans. And so they're taking me through, and as they're taking me through, I'm looking where people live. And there was wooden crates and all cardboard and stuff, even with people's name from America or other nations. When they go going there, these people get that because they need a place to live. And all of a sudden, I realized as I'm watching this how blessed I was. Because in my worst day, I had it better than those people did. In our city tonight, even though we're not aware of it or know what's going on, there are people hurting. And they're not looking forward to Thanksgiving because it's just another day. They're not looking forward to Christmas because it's a day where Everybody else's kids get a new bike and they're worried about trying to find something to give their children. And so we need to stop tonight and think how blessed we are. Is, is there anybody here tonight totally blind? So everybody can see something, right? Is that true? You can see how blessed you are to see the rain. I was glad when I heard it and watched it. We had a big snow that almost shut our city down, but we seen that beautiful snow. It was beautiful. And that's because we're blessed. God's on our lives. We come to church, we worship him, we pray, we give. And you know what? Compared to the rest of the world, we are blessed beyond measure. How many know that we support African churches and stuff? Remember when Pastor Wilson challenged us to help him build a sanctuary? And so in the rainy seasons and everything else, they're not outside. They are inside and it's the reason is that we were blessed for an opportunity to give. Remember he said they'd like to have a chair to sit on? Raise money for chairs. And then they needed a well because they needed some good water and, and our church helped them build the well. You know why? Because we're blessed people. What those people don't have, we take for granted we got it all. 
When I was pastoring in Nairobi, Kenya, East Africa, the women would take big pots. You've seen pictures of it. And early in the morning, it was getting daylight. <coughs> they're carrying these pots on their head. And they're walking several miles to the city spigot, hoping for water. Some days they would go, stay, and never get any. The city wouldn't turn it on. But other days they'd fill those heavy pots, put them on their heads, and carry them a distance with water that you and I don't ever have to worry about. We just turn the spigot on. We can have hot or cold. We don't have to heat it. And so we're blessed. How many know you're blessed tonight? If you think you're blessed, raise your hand. We're blessed, aren't we? And you know, this Thanksgiving, have a turkey. Matter of fact, if you can't eat it all, call me. <laughs> have ham. Mashed potatoes gravy. Sweet potatoes with all kinds of sugar on them. You don't even have to chew them up. They just slide right down. Be blessed. You're in America. I said, you're in America. You're not born in some nation that's in poverty. I'm not born in that nation. We don't know what it is to do without compared to the rest of the world. And so this Thanksgiving, I think we need to take time, maybe between now and Thanksgiving Day, to realize how blessed we really are and to give God glory. Tell your neighbor, I'm blessed. Can you imagine a 24-year-old boy, 24 years old, never seen an apple? Didn't know what it was? And that's so much, it's hard to understand that, isn't it? And he didn't even know how to eat it because he ate the stem and the seeds and everything. We tried to stop him and he wouldn't stop because there was a taste he had never had. And it was delicious and he wasn't going to waste a thing. I was in Blackbeard today. We, I told my wife to eat and it was amazing to me how many people sitting back as much and left it as they ate. And this Thanksgiving is a time to stop and say, thank God. You know, I don't know if you know it, but in Kentucky, way back in Kentucky, there's a place where people have nothing here in America. Kids live in wooden houses that you can see daylight. It snows and it comes in there. Many of them are barefooted. Even uh, Brother Graham takes presents into those children. They wear ragged clothes. They're living in poverty. Their best day or your worst day is better than their best day. And oh, how easy it is for me. I tell you, I'm preaching to you because God's been dealing with me. How I take everything for granted. And many times I don't stop. We say a prayer, Lord, help us food. Amen. Because we can't wait to eat it. 
And the rest of the world would like to pray eight hours for a good meal. And we need to stop. I said, this year we got to stop and count our blessings. And realize we're blessed people. We're people that's blessed that can help Africa. And we've been able to help Iraq and churches everywhere because we're blessed. We give out of our blessing, not out of our needs many times. I like that about the attitude. Because sometimes my attitude stinks. Now, you that are perfect, you can't identify with me. If we have a perfect person here, that means the Lord's visiting us. But sometimes our attitude's not right, isn't it? We complain. I said, has anybody here ever complained? Everybody raised their hand but one. I see him in back there. His wife's giving him this. But we need to stop, friend. We're just too busy. I said, we're too busy. If we can't stop every day and thank God for this blessings he's given us and sit at our table and really in our hearts be thankful that we have food to eat, and even though our car might be old, it still runs, and we're still alive and healthy, or at least more healthy than most people are. And so it's Thanksgiving time. I said it's Thanksgiving time. And the Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And tonight, we need to stop. I'm going to challenge you to do something. I want you to take a piece of paper, just you. Don't... You don't have to show it to your wife. You don't have to show it to your kids. We're nice to see that paper. In the next few days, I want you to write down your blessings. Write them on a piece of paper. And keep that piece of paper. And when you pray, thank God for everything you put on that paper. And when something else comes to your mind, add it to your list. And when it's time for Thanksgiving, I want to challenge you something. When you sit down to have your meal, let everybody around the table give thanks for something. Take time not just to pray, but to say, I just want to thank God and let them speak of what God's doing in their life and give God thanks. Because I want to tell you, that's what heaven's about. It's about the redeemed of all the ages around the throne of God with their hands up, praising God and being thankful that we were once a sinner and we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if heaven has any kind of title, it's a place where it's full and all the time the redeemed are thanking God. I went to India. I was preaching in Madras, India. It was very hot. We stayed in a first-class hotel that had stinky rooms, saggy beds, air conditioners that didn't work, and you had to buy bottled water to drink. 
And I remember that night I was out walking because it was so hot and I was trying to cool off. And I watched and people were laying mats on the sidewalk everywhere. And I realized they're going to sleep outside in the sidewalk. So I went to my room, laid on the bed, fell asleep, and just no time, an hour or two, I woke back up, too hot to sleep, sit in my room, and it was time for the daylight to begin to come. I walked out of that hotel back downtown, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Because there was dump trucks, dump trucks everywhere. And they had come and people had died during the night. And they were throwing bodies in the dump trucks to take and burn them. And as I sit and watch that, I thought, my God. We'll never sleep on the sidewalk. If it's hot, we have cooler. If it's cold, we have heat. And I thought, here's the people that does not have the hope that I have or the opportunity I have to experience the blessings of God. And you know, I've been thinking about that. God's been really dealing with me personally. And I wish he'd ease up on me a little bit and get you. Because, man, I, I'm, I was laying in bed and woke up in the middle of the night last night thinking about this. How easy it is to take life for granted. How easy it is to take God for granted. And feel like the world owes me something. And yet most of the world would gladly change the place with you and me tonight. They wonder what it's like to go out and have a car and put a key in it and drive it. They wonder what it's like to have the restaurants that we have. I'm sitting at that table today, and, and, and I'm breaking because I'm thinking, those poor African people will never have a nice table like this and have people to bring them food that they'd really like to have. And I think it's time for me, and I want to challenge you to make this time. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to get us to seize the moment to praise him. That song, that doxology used to sing in the Methodist church, praise God from whom all blessings fall, praise him here below. You know what? We are so blessed tonight. I said, we, can, we are here, we can see, we can hear. We have clothes that we chose to wear and bought ourselves. You know, when I was in Africa, I asked a, a pastor, he was coming to preach for me, can you find some ties for men? Because men like to dress up to come to the house of God. And so he came and he had boxes of ties. So I made an announcement if you men would like a tie, you line up, and I gave them a time. I could not believe my eyes. They spread all through that slum area that I was going to give away ties. There was over 1,000 men in a line waiting for a tie. Some were wide ties. Some were skinny ties. They didn't care. 
They had never had a tie. And so that Sunday morning, you should have seen it. Everybody had a tie on. And they were looking at them to each other and comparing their ties. You know what? I don't even have a tie anymore. I had so many, I got rid of them. If you come to this church with a tie, you're a visitor. But what, what we take for granted, so many people will never have it. You ladies go to the beauty shop or get your hair fixed. In Africa, they have a little stool. They sit outside their mud hut. And they heat these irons up to curl their hair. These precious little girls, African girls that have all that beautiful hair and you know how they make it. You know they'll sit all day long to look that away. I wonder what they feel like if they could walk in a beauty shop in a padded chair, not a cell, padded chair, and have their hair done. See, everything we have, after a while we just think it's ours and we're not thankful. Please take a piece of paper. I challenge you. This is between you and God. You don't have to tell nobody else. And begin to write down his blessings. And take time every day just to mention them and say, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you. And be grateful to him. And when you do that, God blesses your life again. Because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you and I could ask or think according to the power in us. In First Chronicles is a scripture. Chapter 16, verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you're called to peace and be thankful. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer and be watchful and thankful. 2 Corinthians 9.11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I thought about the church. We've been very generous to the world. We've been able to bless nations. Today there's a mighty move of God in Iraq where at one time people were dying for the gospel. And for decades now, you folks have supported Iraq, and there's a mighty move of God, and people are saved, preachers are being raised up, churches are being planted because of our generosity. And the Bible said you'll be rich in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. Through us, your generation, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know in Iraq... In Africa, you know those people that never see you or never come to here, never sit in churches, but they are thankful for you. They pray for us, that God will bless us. And you know what? God gives us the honor and the opportunity to be a blessing to them. That's why the church was built and the roof was put on it. That's why people don't sit on the ground now. They have a chair. That's why there's a well to get water out of, because of the generosity of this congregation. And so I was thinking about that. We ought to be thankful that God let us be generous. 
and that God gave us the means to be generous, and that because of our generosity, people are getting saved. At one time, a rock, they told Jack Harris, if you go there, they're going to kill you. Why would you go there? And he said, I don't know, but God wants me to go. And because he went and because we have been faithful to support him and our generosity, people are being saved. And in heaven, there'll be a multitude of people because of our generosity. And you know what? Even though we gave our funds, we ought to this Thanksgiving thank God we were able to do it. If you've been given to Iraq or Africa or any of these other places, take time this week to thank God that he let you be a part of that. And that he gave you a job or some means to give. I had somebody tell me, well, I gave my last 10. Well, thank God you had the 10. Because around the world, they don't know what a 10 is. They don't have that. And so this Thanksgiving... We need to stop and be thankful. I'm not trying to be negative about your eating a big meal. We like you to eat a big meal and get feeling bad. Then we can pray and see miracles. Try to get you back to normal after you've overate or I've overate. We want you to be blessed. We want you to have a house. We want your car to work. We want you to be able to go to a restaurant, have a good meal if you decide to. But don't forget, if you can do those things and you have those things, it's because God has blessed you. And you need to be thankful. One day I went to the church in Nairobi there in Kibera. And my interpreter said, this worker needs to talk to you. And I've told this before, but I was thinking about him today. And I said to Paul Mabithi, my interpreter, because they speak many dialects over there, I said, can you handle that? And he said, no, he needs to talk to you, Pastor Hills. <clears throat> so I went to him, and with an interpreter, I asked him a question, what's wrong? And he began to weep and sob, a grown man, living in poverty. And finally, with my interpreter, I found out that his boy was downtown Nairobi in a big flatbed truck with big bags of charcoal overturned and killed his boy. In Nairobi, that's the big city where they have more than they do out in the other areas. So I went to the morgue with less than $10 because they would not give the body to his dad unless he paid. And so he said to me, if you will get my boy's body and help me bury him, I will serve you the rest of my life. So I took that money, Paul and I did. We got a, rented a little pickup truck and we went to the morgue. The morgue was nothing but concrete slabs. No air condition. Bodies were decaying. The smell was intense. And so we took some blankets. 
and wrapped his body of his boy and put him in the back of the pickup truck. I've told this to many of you before. And he took the boy up country and buried him. After I left Nairobi to come back to America, I had to go back in. They needed me to go in to do some business for him. And I went back in, and he seen me. And he come running down the street and threw his arms around my legs and began to weep. And in his native tongue, he began to thank me that I cared enough for him that I would help him get his dead boy's body and help him bury it. Wouldn't it be terrible to be in a situation like him and you can't even get the body because you don't have the money? The rest of the world's hurting, church. We're blessed. We're blessed. I had a guard, a Maasai. If you ever seen pictures in Africa, they were the Ridge Farm, and they're able to stand flat and jump real high. And one day, Wycliffe came to me and says, uh, Lausanne needs help. And I said, what's wrong? He said, somebody came from up country where his family lived, and he came to Nairobi and worked to take the money back and said Lausanne's family was around a bomb farm because it's very primitive. There's animals and snakes, and they keep a fire at night burning. And the boy slipped and fell in the fire, and he's terribly burnt. So I said to Wycliffe, whatever he needs, tell me, and I'll give him the money. His boy didn't live. He was burnt so bad that he ended up dying. I thought about that today. My God, what would it be like to be in the situation of either of those two people? Folks, we live in America. I said, we live in America. We are blessed, beyond blessed. We're a part of a church, a family that cares for each other. If we have a need, people respond. Isn't that true? And they really care about us. But you know the rest of the world, many of them will never feel what you and I feel. They'll never be in a song service and feel what you felt tonight. And we are so blessed. I said, we're blessed beyond measure because you could have been born in Africa and be in a slum. Or I could have been born in India and have nothing. But we're in America. God let us be born in the most blessed nation in the world. And we're blessed to be a part of this church. Isn't that true? We have friends that would respond to us needs. And so I want you again, I want to challenge you one more time. Get a piece of paper this week and begin to write down the blessings as God shows you. And from now to Thanksgiving Day and maybe even Thanksgiving Day around the table, you can maybe take a minute or two. I know the food smells good. I know when Joni's cooking, I keep saying, when is it going to be ready? You're going to have family in. They're going to be there wanting to taste everything before you can even put it on the table. But oh, how we ought to take a moment between now and Thanksgiving, and maybe even Thanksgiving Day, and give God glory. 
for all the blessings he's done. Because thanksgiving really means is we're thankful that we belong to God and our sins are forgiven and we're a part of the family of God and even beyond all of that, and that's, that's priceless, isn't it? We are really blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. Can you say it with me? I am blessed. And oh, God, help us to be a blessing to the world like we've been. Help us to touch nations like we've been able to do. And Lord, more than anything else, this Thanksgiving, help us to find a time. Now, I'm preaching to me first, to find a time before I dig into the meal to talk about some of the blessings God's given me and give him all the glory for all that's been done. Let's bow our heads together. Tonight, if you came to the church service, and let me just ask you two questions. Are you born again? Do you know for sure that if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven? Well, the Bible said, for God so loved the world, he gave his son, that whosoever believeth in him and invites him into their life will have eternal life. Do you know tonight you can be blessed in that way if you've never been saved before? You can come and ask Jesus to forgive you. And according to the word of God, if you ask him, he will forgive you. And he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness and you become a child of God. Is there anybody here with our heads bowed and our eyes closed would say, Brother Hills, I need to accept Christ as my personal Savior. Pray for me. Anybody across this building? Anywhere? Okay, let's stand together then. How many knows? How many's ever, I remember there's certain things I don't want to eat, but I've never tasted it. Like, I like macaroni and I like cheese, but I just cannot make myself eat it together. Now, I like mashed potatoes and gravy, but there's something about macaroni and cheese, I just can't, my, can't make myself eat it. And yet people said, you ought to try it. Well, here's what I wanted you to try this year. Find a piece of paper, just a piece of paper. Don't share it with your wife or husband or anybody else, but you personally get alone and begin to write down the blessings you've thank God's helping you with. And each day, take some time and begin to go over that list and say, God, you know, I just want to thank you. My car's running. Or I want to thank you, I got health. Or I want to thank you for the job I got. And let's do that. And, and if you would even consider this, when you sit down for Thanksgiving, would you give some people around your table a moment to say something good and give thanks to God? If you'll do that, God's presence is going to be on your life. And you're going to be glad you did. God bless you as you go. Turn to two or three people and really mean this. Say, I'm blessed to have you as my friend. And there'll be a prayer team up here. If you need prayer for sickness, anything, you come down here. They'll take time to pray with you. God bless you as you go. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.